0: Thank you. to another episode of Hobbit in Canada. I'm your host Tom and with me as always are Dan Steve Ward Mike Alex We, yeah, uh, for those, okay, so this might uh, come as a shock to you but we do actually know other people outside of this group of five at the table normally and we do have a very special guest with us today which is Alex um, because we're going to be talking a little bit about Shadespire and providing some unique perspectives outside of like jaded ass gamers like we Yes. Are, so. yes, 100%. Welcome to the show, Alex.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> um, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, we've got... Uh, and I'm just going to start with myself. Uh, this week, I played a Blood Bowl tournament. How'd it go? It went uh, really well day one. I was 2-0-1. Okay. And then I just scrubbed out day two really hard and lost both my games. Nice. Um, Perfect. Way to go. <laughs> with my Wood Elves. It was... Although, I played against a guy who had... A, his team was... 10 uh, longbeards and then 1 runner so every model had block and tackle before he put skills on them <laughs> and then 8 of them had killing blow and which is really or good for your might, or mighty also. blow and uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what was the other thing he had I can't even remember but it was bad something good for smashing elves it was just really bad did it any was, of your players live A couple. (laughs) That's shocking. Uh, Actually, but the Blood Diamond Chalice, uh, we had over 170 casualties in five rounds with 12 players.
2: Whoa, (laughs) that is violent. (laughs) That is not typical Blood Bowl.
0: Yeah, it was absurd. Uh, Myself and Barry made up a large portion of those on the receiving end, because it was Barry taking his halflings for the first time to a tournament, and then me busting out the wood elves, like, I honestly, even in the games that I won, I think I still only had about five models left on the pitch. Jesus.
2: <laughs> That's pretty savage, yeah. Cool. Any other rough. hobbying that got done?
0: Yeah, so I started working on what is soon to be my most hated model in the world, those stupid playgrounds. Oh, yeah, good. Um, good. Especially with how I've been painting my Nurgle demons with very much that, like, spit blending style. It yep. just does not work on those models. There's too much detail and texture already in there. Yeah. So large I had areas to like too. try and figure out a different approach. And it turns out that just taking the exact colors I was using before and loading an ass load of
2: laminum medium into them. Yeah. And over it large surface areas it gets that blend going without having to do too much work. It was actually so little work. Yeah, laminum medium is really nice.
0: But the problem now is going back and trying to re highlight up a few little spots, and those models are so spindly and yeah. It's just, like, really, it almost gives me, like, really bad anxiety just trying to, like, reach around Mm -hmm. these models and trying to paint them. and
2: Reach around. Yeah. The
0: anxious reach around. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Dan, how about you? Uh, Not a lot of proper miniatures this week, but actually a lot more scenery. So I posted a few pics up on the Facebook page, which most of you have probably seen, of the Necromunda scenery mostly. So doing a lot of airbrushing, sponging, weathering pigments, and just painting really dirty, which is not something that I typically do. Yeah, we've had this conversation before, me and you, not a big fan of that. But it's actually quite fun, because like, I've done barely any painting with like an actual brush during this process, and the results are actually turning out really good, which I give 90% of that credit to the Forge World Masterclass books, which are mm-hmm. basically just books on weathering. Yep. There's not a lot of uh, traditional painting techniques in it, but a lot of airbrushing and pigment usage and chipping and all kinds of stuff, so... It's been, yeah, really fun trying out very different things like airbrushing weathering pigments, for example. That's not even in the book. I was just like, they did weird shit in the book and it worked, so I'm going to do weird shit. I'm going to put airbrush thinner and weathering pigments in an airbrush and just see what happens. And then sponge half of it off with a Q-tip to get streaking, and it actually works. That sounds like the greatest way to destroy your airbrush. Like, well, just root no, it forever. That's why I tried it on the Neo rather than... Well, certainly not my new Sotar, because yeah. uh, that would be a complete waste of a fine detail brush. Like, yeah. uh, like actual like Illustrator fine liner. Um, you know, it would be really bad. But no, it's, it's actually been a lot of fun, and nothing has yeah. blown up in my face yet. And overall, yeah, having a good time. The first batch of scenery is almost totally done. And then I have the second box set to do later. Cool. Yeah, the second box set might get a little bit more of the, um, like, chipping effects and, like, some solid. Those are the bigger ones? Those pieces? Or which ones? I mean, it's the same under high box set. I just have two copies of it. Oh, gotcha. So the first one has been <laughs> mostly just uh, plain rusted metal. But the second one will have a lot more, um, like, yeah, chipped paint. Yeah. over top of the metal to get some variety in there but the yeah. first set it's basically just messing around with pigments so cool fun stuff for myself uh, i've been working away on the 15 um uh, mechanic inv- infantry i can't remember the name of them right now the rangers not the rangers the other ones <laughs> vanguard vanguard. <laughs> vanguard uh the ra- radiation guys uh just been doing more uh, work on like the cloaks that kind of stuff i find like those kind of models take me a really long time cuz they are a bunch of infantry models that need like smooth blends on cloaks yep that's just slow going, so I've been working on that. Built a Void Raven bomber um, into sub assemblies and started airbrushing that, which will tie into our third period. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, finished up the Succubus for the Dark Eldar too. Uh, got that entirely done and used some of the glass beads things, the micro Duh. beads or whatever, for some blood effects, and it was pretty cool. Worked Fair out well.
3: Done.
2: Lots of little odds and ends. Okay, ward
3: crush us <laughs> well <laughs> we Mike, Mike's going to crush Me- everybody after but uh, <laughs> uh, I I washed some terrain uh, just to get the releasing agents off uh, I also got some Shadespire terrain uh, just recently um, Mike brought his as a demonstration there so I've got that primed Something. and ready to go uh, I assembled the dwarves from Shadespire <gasps> I've got those all built now, ready to go. Bright built. orange. Okay, built. Built. Just built Just so built. far. So In their bright orange plastic In glory. In their <laughs> bright orange glory, uh, which hurts my eyes and everything. Um, then I've also been, um, I've done some airbrushing on some terrain, uh, and then I was really working on uh, my Thousand Sun still. Uh, so I painted up two blue test schemes, and I have chosen one of the two. Which one did you choose? Did you choose mine? No, I didn't choose yes. yours. Yeah, we didn't like so, yours. So uh, that one I used a lot of actually golden paints. Um, so really? I bought some, I bought some oh. golden paints for that one, tried it out. Yeah. So they tend to be quite glossy compared to your average acrylics. Hmm. So I opted not to go that route or even to try to tone it down sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I like the more subdued, uh, hmm. the blues. So I'm going to go with that color scheme. Uh, and then I was working on my Shade Spire as well for my uh, Steelheart Champions. So those guys are nearing completion. I probably got three more colors <gasps> to really? work on them. So, not bad. Yeah. so yeah, I need to finish off some golds, some reds, and just some small details. So I feel pretty good with that. Nice, yeah. well yeah. done, well man. done, sir. So. It was Mike, a productive why, why are
4: you looking at me like that? It's not it my is. fault. Because no, no, he's, no, he's
3: hoping there's there's this small chance that I, he's no,
4: the
2: I, hobby
3: King. This but week. I still feel good about this. you, yeah, yeah, you got, you got it, some it stuff. Absolutely, Mike, Mike gets to
2: give us two episodes worth of yeah. results. Oh, we're doomed. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. sorry, buddy. I uh,
4: okay, well that's here I'll do mean. quick. How's that? I got 15 heli blasters done. Hell blasters. I got 10 reavers done. I got one repulsor done. I got the dread done. I got a um, Primark. Oh, uh, yeah, Gilliman's done. Rabootie, uh, <laughs> Rabootie's Rab- 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 done. Yeah, he's such a Rabootier. Yeah. What else did I get done? Uh, started on terrain for Shade Spire. It's, it's basically uh, done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, built the two new uh, squads for Shade Spire.
2: They're yep. put together and primed. Uh, and why can't they do plastic uh, flesh hounds? These I know, are so really cool. Are,
4: he's gorgeous, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, what else? I, there we go. I think I'm almost... No, actually, I didn't. I put together a Goblin <laughs> Team, primed them. I also put together some uh, Stormcast Eternals, primed them, base-coded them. Okay, there we go. I'm done now.
0: Okay, I, I got one more. I'm this or like, for the first time. At. At, What's like, <laughs> I assembled and got my Halfling Team almost fully base coated.
3: There you go. And so. I've pretty much assembled an undead... Uh, team as well for Blood Bowl so. okay if we're going
2: with assembled stuff I've assembled all my Shadespire stuff and also the uh, the Necromunda terrain thing the, what, what furnace is it called Ferramantic Furnace no, not
3: is me. this There's a t-
1: competition?
3: Yeah. A little bit. No, oh. no, it never really <laughs> no, is. Okay. It, it was a competition one summer versus John. Wong we decided we was never Mike, going to be a much, game. and that was yeah.
2: That uh, was I a, carried you that time. You, oh, one hundred percent. We were all painting tiny boats because it was clearly the most broken part of the system.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's just segue into shut up and take my money then. Sure.
2: Looking s- at you, Steve. Dark Eldar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, didn't you say that last time? Yes. And yes. Watercolor. Helder? Yeah, I, because of the well, we're gonna get into this with the facts, but uh I need another box of uh warriors. Okay. I'm good on
3: the witch's front. Oh man This is the part of the the episode that Alex doesn't need to hear. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah we should have done this afterwards.
3: <laughs> that's all right. It's not a it's not a big purchase. It's not a it's not a it car is. part. It's, it's not true. a car part.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Anybody else want to? Yeah, me well, out here? I bought the halflings. <laughs> yep. Yeah, okay. The halfling
0: <laughs> team to do up and a bunch of like little um, bar- or not barrels. I had the barrels before, little bottles of booze to have littered all over their bases because they're okay. the the bender drunkos and they're painted after the Denver Broncos. Gotcha. Yeah, of course. So
2: of course that makes
0: perfect sense. And, and you bought the wood. <laughs> I bought, uh, I'm going to be doing up a display board for them for uh, Powtown, and we're at Michael's, and I was looking at all the different, like, beveled, different-shaped trays, or whatever, like the yeah. oval or the square, or whatever, yeah. and at the end of the
2: row, they had some animal-shaped cutting boards. Interesting. I've and, seen those. I think uh, Dale has some, shockingly yes. enough. <laughs> yes. not and entirely sure.
0: So I I got a pig-shaped one, so I'm going to be having up my halflings on a pig-shaped display board. Oh, God. I'm not sure how I feel about that. That's well, pretty cool. Well,
2: and it's going to have, like, a little um, brewery in the background called the Hoppy Hog. Are you going to, like, actually do, like, a uh, texture on it so it's, like, not quite so obvious it's a pig? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Okay. It'll about. be subtly a pig with lots, <laughs> with lots of, like,
0: references to its pigginess. Okay. Wow. Interesting. It's Dan. actually
2: pretty sweet. How about you? Uh, the only stuff I picked up this time around was... Um, a bunch of paints and stuff from hobby wholesale so i picked up uh, a couple of the vallejo metal colors metallic paints that i was missing they didn't have any exhaust manifold that remains sold out every time we go but i already have a bottle of that so it's all good i'm just painting scenery with it so it won't last forever it covers surprisingly well those paints yes that's one thing i learned uh, doing the necromunda scenery Is i was trying to get um like a semi-transparent layer of the exhaust manifold to leave some rusty colors underneath but like a half-assed pass of the silver it is like 100% oh, yeah, totally. so a hundred percent covered. Oh totally. so awesome that was here. not a thing but um yeah i did pick up some burnt iron some pale burnt metal a couple of random vallejo air paints um you know stuff like that just some little odds and ends another bottle of um, airbrush thinner because i haven't picked up a bottle in several years yeah, me either. but those nice uh, six ounce bottles last you a good long time um yeah but i think it's mostly just paint and stuff i'm not sure if i'm gonna be picking up any of the deepkin right away oh yeah i really like the deepkin skin tones that are coming out i'll pick those up gladly but i don't really know if any of those models need to be painted right away yeah i'm kind of well we're gonna get into this like the whole (coughs) i'm really hoping that they come out for that
3: yeah ward how about you I bought a bunch of paints because Mission is discontinuing their Badger Minotaur line, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I. Okay, I want to clarify half So
0: Mission, a local store, is no longer stocking Badger Minutear. Yeah, correct. Yeah. The Badger line Minotaur itself is, is not being discontinued. Yeah. <laughs>
3: so I bought half of what they had remaining in stock. Um <laughs> Lots, pretty much two of everything. So <laughs> good, useful. So I clean that out, and then I have to pick up the two new warbands for Shadespire. Nice.
2: Mike, how about you? Uh, I gotta pick up some Tau. Whoa and some Star Wars Legion stuff. Oh you know Mike's just like updating all of the forty K armies he already yeah. has as the codex has come out. Yeah. And they're just too fast for you with
4: codex. Yeah, they are. It's still too fast because it's like <laughs> oh Jesus, it's like four hundred dollars to upgrade my Tau from two thousand and two.
2: Yeah, Yeah. well, it's not that bad. It's, it's like upgrading. The new broadsides yeah. look so much better.
4: Yeah, they're getting them. It's still, I have all three versions, though. But like,
2: I do find that meme that's like, I got buff in 12 years, quite funny. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically just updating
2: my stuff. So. And I will say, it is a lot cheaper for you to update your tile than it is for me to build a new fucking gaming computer this year. Because oh, yeah. GeForce cards are still like $1,200 yeah, Canadian. You're, think of it that way. So cheaper than building a computer. I gave up on
3: that a long time ago. But <there's> cheaper <laughs> than buying gold. There's two Battletech games coming out this year. I need a new computer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just going to... When you buy it, I'll just come over and hang out. Or we
2: could just play tabletop Battletech like real people. Ooh. Ooh, questionable.
3: Ooh.
2: <laughs> slightly different, but yeah. Well, we can do that too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Moving on to the first period. Shade Spider. Yeah. So, for anybody that's been living under a rock, Spire is uh, GW's sort of entry-level game, if that makes sense. Is that a good way of describing it? It's a
4: gateway game. Drug. Gateway game. Gateway game. Game, mm-hmm. not drug. Gateway yeah. game.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it is the, like, mildly laced with something marijuana you'd buy from a street dealer of yeah. miniature games.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, correct. So, like Alex, sure. you, you've been exposed to Warhammer in the past. <laughs> Would you describe it as Warhammer?
1: Um I mean full disclosure I know um a little bit about Warhammer but I am by no means um even close to a an expert. Um I mostly <laughs> know from thing. watching you guys play. I yep. have played a game or two yep. of fantasy.
2: You guys played in a doubles tournament. Um, we together. did
1: play in a doubles Back tournament in many s- years seventh ago. For
0: 6, I think it might have been sixth that, yeah. It would have been
1: 7th. Um But that being said, uh, it does, to me, I think a gateway uh, game game. is a good way of describing it in the sense that, to me, it does have um, similarities from what I can tell in my limited experience.
2: Um, Yeah, like you still have like the move, the charge kind of thing, like those sort of like general concepts and phases are, are the same. But beyond that, there's, you don't really have dice, like you, you have the symbols effectively, yep. but they're not traditional dice and scores you need.
0: Yeah, and I think in many ways it's almost more, it's less that it's designed to really get people into, into Warhammer and more that it's going toe-to-toe with all these great uh, board games, games that have miniatures that are coming out. Which is totally resurgent.
1: But I think I would actually be more likely to play Warhammer after playing more of this game. Because what I like about it is there's a bit more structure in the sense that, you know, there's a grid so that it allows you to have a better idea of movement as opposed to just having good spatial awareness on the table. Yeah. And it does get you into the habit of getting through those, I don't know, do you call them phases? Yep, totally. Phases. Phases Um, So I feel like for me, Warhammer is kind of overwhelming um, in the sense that you have these huge armies, you have this huge table, um, all these different rules, and that this is sort of a more structured version of that makes getting into that type of game perhaps
2: less daunting. That's interesting, I never really thought about it that way, but like building an army army is, is something that I kind of just like do in my spare time with different lists that I have, but I guess somebody that's getting into the game, like building an army is probably quite daunting. I never really thought about that.
3: And is nice. It's just like, I like those guys. Yes. yes. Play go. The army's <laughs> done. You
0: basically can just take, like, your deck um, of cards that come with that gang, throw in a couple of the generics, and go. Yeah. You might not be, like, the best build, but you can at least get into it.
2: Yeah. Which is interesting. So we actually picked up the, the sleeve, speaking of, like, because there, there is an element of, like, <laughs> yes. building a list... Uh, in a, in a way, like they kind of get that concept introduced as well, right? Where you have to build a deck. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Which is the only part that kind of goes above and beyond like a regular board game in my mind, where it's not quite just pick up and play. There's a little bit of preparation beforehand. But you don't need the sleeves. You don't need the sleeves, but it's kind of interesting.
1: I really like the sleeves. I'm a big fan <laughs> of the sleeves. I feel very strongly about the sleeves. Well, <laughs> um,
0: and actually, from kind of a com- competitive Shadespire standpoint is the...
2: Because
0: <laughs> you know that's what I'm all for, right? Yeah, um, yeah, 100%. Uh, no, but when you look at it, some of the cards, the printing is not all exactly the same color, so hmm. the backings oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. are not... It's not like every single card that's printed has the same color oh. back. So the sleeves are actually also very functional as well as pretty. Well, the other thing we were going to say,
2: like setting up your deck, you kind of don't have to worry about doing it every time.
1: Yeah, so we played how many games
2: 6 6 five or, or so six games, yeah.
1: games and the first two maybe we didn't have the sleeves so each time we'd go through and we'd pick, and what was nice about when you had the sleeves is you just wanted to pick up and have a quick game i felt like picking your deck almost took as much time as playing oh totally the game 100% uh, that's probably an exaggeration, but it was nice that you didn't have to go through every time. You could just kind of get up and go. Also, from a very functional perspective, it made shuffling the decks a lot easier. <laughs>
0: If Mm. you don't do, like, the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah, I ruined sleeves hard doing it that way.
2: Because it gets caught in the sleeve, and then you push it through, and it just rips the side out. But
1: I feel like that ruins cards anyways. Yeah, it definitely does, does, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, but the sleeves, they give you the exact amount you need for your particular faction. So you can kind of just create a deck and leave them in the sleeves and still intermix them. And then you know, like, oh, well, this card last game didn't really work for me. I'm going to maybe just change this one out. Yep. So it's like kind of an inbuilt uh, like army roster type thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even I didn't notice that. But. Yeah, and so they give you the exact numbers, so you kind of leave them in the sleeves and you have that always ready to go. You just pull out your like um, Stormcast uh, and, deck or whatever.
1: And then you can tell if people are cheating and trying to take more cards, which yes. no one would ever <laughs> do, I'm sure. No, sure. I might accidentally do it, but...
2: Yeah, you can but, guarantee uh, yeah. you're going to have the 20, you got
4: 20, 20, and 12, right? So yeah. it's, it's good at huh. that point. Cool. So what warband have you been playing?
2: Uh-oh. What
1: band have I been playing? Um, the 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 pretty ones that Mike have Mike has painted. Um,
2: <laughs> the stormcast. The stormcast. stormcast yes, the you know um, the, yeah.
1: Yes, I do. I forget that. That's names. fair. That's really fair. Um, yes, I've been playing the stormcast.
2: And what what do you like about them? <laughs> <laughs> Other than the aesthetics, um,
1: they're the le- they're the least gross looking of all of them. The aesthetics. Um, I like them. Well, I mean, I haven't played any of the other ones, but they're big and strong.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, resilient, too. When yes. you play other stuff, they're they're resilient. For everybody else that's played, do you, do you find them to be somewhat more forgiving?
4: Yes, uh, absolutely. Like, I mean, you can still make mistakes, and they're resilient enough to survive your mistakes sometimes. <laughs> Not always, but sometimes.
1: But if you get killed, if one of your guys gets killed, you're... It hurts. Uh, can I
0: swear on that?
4: Yeah. You're fucked, cast.
1: yeah.
3: You're,
1: if, you, if you get one of your guys killed, you're kind of fucked, especially yeah. if it's early on.
0: And one of the problems with Stormcast, um, and not to say that every gang doesn't have their own problems, because I think it's actually a pretty balanced game, is that because you've only got three models, you have to be really mindful of how you're using your four activations a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's not you like do you do three can
2: charges, just, you waste an activation. Yeah. Yep.
0: Potentially, yep. unless you're getting really deep into, like, okay, these objectives suck, and you start cycling objectives or cycling yeah. cards and using your last action for that kind of thing because you can't even move and charge in a turn. Like it's mm-hmm.
3: I also feel with the limited number of models in that that band itself, like you have to really choose your objectives well when constructing your deck, so that way you can actually achieve those objectives. Yeah, for sure. I've been playing the Skaven, uh, and I've also played
2: the, um, I'm blanking on their names To the Bloodborne. What are they, Bloodbound? Blood, Blood, Reapers. Blood Reapers. Blood Reapers, there Reapers. you go. Uh, I'm not an Age of Sigmar player, so I don't actually know the terminology either, so it's not (laughs) just a new player thing. It's the Um, Empire and Corn Dudes, whatever, who gives a shit. Totally, like, that's what I'm coming from. Uh, But the Skaven are interesting um, because they have so many movement tricks, but they are the complete, like, antithesis of the Stormcast. Like, they are not tough. Like, they die real bad. My Skaven. Like, as soon as you touch them.
1: But they're super fast, and they can come back to life. Only the three
2: minions, but yeah. Oh, okay. You, you do get, like, you yep. can recycle them as much as you want if you just continue sending minions, for sure. But I'd
4: also like to point out, because you have so many, and you're so fast, and you're so weak, if you make mistakes with that group, you are messed up big time. Oh, yeah. You, there's if no recovery from
2: that. With uh, Scritch or whatever, I mean, if you yeah. make a mistake with him, and he gets murdered, you are seriously on the back foot. Like, that yep. is... Is he your leader? Yeah, he's the... Leader. But he's also super
1: strong and also super fast. What I don't like about these guys, my guys, is that they're kind of, well, they're quite slow. You can't get, sometimes when you're playing Skaven, you can't really oh, yeah. get to them sometimes to bash them.
2: Yeah. What's interesting is, so I've played quite a bit of Warhammer, and you obviously haven't, and in our games that we've played, uh, you're actually ahead. I think you're winning 3-2 to two in our in our, like, counted games that we practice and some of them have been like blowouts on my end of things where i've like crushed you by turn two when like one game <laughs> starting, let's be clear but it's what i'm saying is it's it's actually pretty balanced for new players like yeah. new players can have a, a, yeah, a fair game be and you're up. not going to be completely screwed it is balanced yeah so what are you guys been playing um
0: exclusively the uh iron jaws With all the orcs yeah yeah yeah. Um and I've been having a lot of fun with them. They're a little bit finicky cuz they're kind of in this weird space where they're not quite as tanky as the Stormcast, not quite as fast as the Reavers. Like they're it's kind of this weird in between. Have you played
2: against the uh Dwarves yet? Yes. And or how do they compare against the Dwarves?
0: Um they're
2: both four models. Like the number of models per warband is pretty interesting. Like if you've got 5, you've kind of got a horde. If you've got 4, you've got a middle ground. You've got 3, you're pretty elite. Uh, I played against the dwarves once and I
0: got diced hard. Interesting. So, like, it was. It's kind of hard to say that I.
2: And it was also in a four player game. Interesting. So, That's the other thing we have even touched on is you can play this game as, as four players. Like, you can literally play it. It changes on a stat the whole
4: game, game, too, to. by the way. You have to start playing it entirely different once you get to that many people. You gotta. Yeah. There's a lot of things you gotta watch.
2: But you could play this on, like, a, a games night with your friends. If you buy yep. two starter sets, you can play a four-player game, which is really cool, and it's meant to be played that way. Yeah, like and the, I from think the begins.
0: dwarves were really interesting because they their offensive output can get really bonkers really quickly. Oh, yeah. Whereas, like, for it's me... Five damage, and you're like,
4: what? Why? Yeah,
0: whereas <laughs> I don't quite get there, um, depending on how the upgrades work. I think the thing with the orcs is they kind of have this... You need to get them inspired quick, But if they're inspired, then all of a sudden they're more likely to get one shot killed. And uh, because for orcs to inspire, you have to
4: be take a wound. You have have to to take point of damage. Then they get inspired, and they're better.
1: What if they can heal themselves? Do they stay inspired? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. So there are ways to heal in the game, but it's. I think one of the things where. I really see where tournament play is going towards, like, the best two out of three, because how your deck is cycling through can make such an impact on, like, what cards you're getting. Like, the last game I played with them, I had no upgrades. Interesting. Like, my, I don't think I saw an upgrade card until the third, in the third game round.
2: That's actually super interesting, because the Skaven, they get inspired by having a ploy card played on them. Yeah. Right. Um, and so having an upgrade card, <laughs> which, which is, is annoying, because like Stormcasts don't is inspire as uh, as easy as Skaven do, which is always a point of friction. Uh, yeah, but, because you have
1: to hurt me to be able
2: well, you have to uh, dodge Well, you have to make a uh, yeah. defense roll. Yeah. All I have to do is play the game, and I basically am going to get inspired somehow. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting upgrade cards on your Skaven, you're like, it's actually kind of a problem. Like, that's not actually inspiring your, your character, so you're losing defense dice because of that at the expense of making your kind of middle ground characters a little bit better. Like, it's a weird, interesting trade-off.
0: But the the punchline I've found in most of the games I've played is that everyone's got fairly distinct advantages and disadvantages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously the dice swing. You're not rolling a shit ton of dice. Yeah. Um, You know, even those times where you're getting the, you know, you've got your attack with the two extra additional supports, so you should be getting all the hits in the world, and then you just don't
2: yeah like yes.
0: there's not really a lot of mechanics for <laughs> rolling in this game yeah so and you're not you very rarely ever rolling more than four dice
2: yeah i mean you're you're totally right like i think the most i can roll is three um first game and I, have you been you've been
3: playing the undead a little bit uh, uh no that's gonna be the next one i've basically just played the same as alex the star gotcha. champion so
1: have you played the same army
3: like, like, against them? Against
1: the same army. No, I've, anybody. I've
3: basically just played against other factions currently, so...
0: Yeah, I've mirror-matched against orcs a few times.
1: And do you find that that, to me, that would be cha- more challenging?
0: It's really weird, but they, one of the things that was kind of funny about it was we both had very different decks.
4: So it plays differently.
0: So we played fairly differently. Um, mm, and the other thing, too, is that it was kind of a little bit of a stalemate because it's like, it was almost that you don't want to just put that first point of damage on your opponent. So you're kind you, of cause, so cause you, you want know to inspire the fucking orcs, right? Because the orcs are inspired, they're way more terrifying. So you're, it was really this kind of like, do I hit them? One of the most cat and mouse games of Shadespire I've ever played with Play orcs. It was, was orcs versus art. orcs, an elegant
2: dance of orcs. It's <laughs> <laughs> not something you typically hear. I like that
1: because the thing that I was thinking is if I played the same army. Um, mm, To me, I mean, there's probably more intricacies to the game than I'm used to or aware of yet. But to me, they are kind of brute strength. They bash the shit out of the other armies. And so, in a way, they seem a little bit one-dimensional. And so, if you're playing someone and that's really the obvious strength, you know, I, I feel like it would be hard to match up,
2: like you're thinking, it might just be more of a dice type thing. Like you, yeah, you because just you're get, just gonna be yeah, like,
1: yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try to hammer the shit out of you, and then you're like, well, I'm gonna hammer the shit out of you back, and then I don't know, do you try to take more objectives to get your points that way? But then you can't really move very
2: fast. So what if you're pretty hamstrung, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah,
1: that that's the only thing that I feel like might be kind of challenging with those guys.
0: And O'Brien becomes like. Your shit, O'Brien O'Brien, O'Brien, O'Brien. O'Brien, I like that. I, I've, I've just always called O'Brien. You imagine ever, he's ever since we, O'Brien? Had, yeah, <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Ever since we had the like playing Shadespire with uh, Steven Mike, but it wasn't Stephen Mike moment. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's because he's one of your higher damage output guys, right? So he becomes really valuable in that matchup. But your opponent, like, you're also really trying to kill your opponents, O'Brien. It almost becomes so. chess
2: in a bit of way.
4: Like, yeah, I
1: like the lady actually. Um, yep. What's her name?
4: She's oh, I can't remember either now. wanna yeah, but, but I know she, what you mean. She's she's she's, good. she's really she's like a shield guard. She's really hard to heal, kill. She can take a lot of hits and it won't even dent her
2: armor basically. And I
1: think is she she gets more dice or she's yeah. yeah she gets more dice.
2: Yeah, she does less damage but gets more dice if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. and
1: against someone like Steve Scaven,
2: who has a lot of defense,
1: who doesn't you don't really need all of. Um, the Shit! Woos. You're
2: still you're doing three damage against this two health character. Mm-hmm. And you're so I like, to still smash them.
1: I feel like she's a bit um, under underappreciated. Perhaps actually
2: yeah. a lot of people really
1: not like to, her. Not to go feminist in on that podcast. matchup
0: in the bloodbound <laughs> or the the blood Reaver matchup in the um, skeleton matchup. Um, she's legit. Yeah. yeah. You know that's the one that you really want uh, when you're playing against like orcs or dwarves or presumably the new heavily armored chaos or stormcast <laughs> as well. That's when. O'Brien, like, really
2: starts being the dead (laughs) piece you need a lot more of. Yeah, for sure. So who do you see this game appealing to? Who do you think we could foist this on to play more?
1: So, oddly enough, um, when I went over for a girls' night with some friends that also have spouses that play Warhammer Warhammer with you guys (laughs) occasionally, they were kind of giving me the gears for playing this game. They're going, oh, you're playing Warhammer. And I said, first of all, it's not. Warhammer. It's yeah. Warhammer Underworld. It's yeah. It's Shadespire by Warhammer or whatever. <laughs> it's
0: Warhammer.
2: Shadespire by Warhammer. I think it does by say Warhammer. that on the box.
1: I think on the box it says something it's, like uh, that. Warhammer
2: Underworlds is the is the like yes. franchise name yeah. then Shadespire.
1: But yeah. I actually told them. I said, you know, I think you'd actually really enjoy playing it because yeah. a lot of us like playing games, but I think there's a bit of a stigma with Warhammer because you know it's a
3: dirty yeah. basement
1: game. It's more involved. Um, right? And it's you very, very
3: yeah.
4: It is it is there is a lot involved. There's a lot of books. Yep.
1: A lot of money, a time. lot of time. And so I said, you know, I think you should play with, you know, Dale or Rider, or Rider. with Rider. even us. Because I think you'd really like it. Because once you sort of figure out what deck you want, you get the sleeves. And then you don't have to worry <laughs> about it. And it's quick. It's quicker than a lot of even um, oh, shit, yeah. strategic yeah. types of board games. Like the uh, Game of Thrones Ticket board to ride. game. Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride takes way longer. The Battlestar Galactica board game. Yep. Those are all ones that are fairly... intense in terms of time, and this one isn't. So, you know, I think you could Pretty easily, sort of trick someone into
4: gateway gateway, getting into it.
1: um, That might not normally consider it, even just bringing it to games night and being like, "Hey, we're gonna play this game." And don't show them the Warhammer.
2: Yeah, tape over the Warhammer. (laughs)
1: Um, Just be like, take it it to ride. (laughs) These are
2: really nice game pieces. What's going (laughs) on here? I have a friend
1: that I work with, and she asked if I could bring it to work, and we could play it at lunch one day.
0: I know a lot of people that do that. Like a couple friends of mine both work at McEwen and they'll play Shadespire during their lunch breaks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. The the thing about this is you don't need to bring a whole case and terrain and all that sort of stuff. If you've got a model you've been working on because you do want to paint them, let's say, uh, which GW has specifically said you don't have to. Like, that's not... Yeah, but then you look at Mike's beautiful...
1: Guys, (laughs) Everything? Guys, <laughs> which none of you, of course, can see because Radio. you
0: can only <laughs> we hear just us. Just hold them up to the microphone. Yeah, just hold, hold them I've been told that can it
1: works. You, Look
4: at that detail. Can you
1: hear how beautiful it is? <laughs> it's really quite stunning. Yeah, it, um, Then not. you feel like. Garbage, because oh. you're playing these ugly blue guys. That's Steve, <laughs> That's decided. totally Steve's fault.
4: You should have painted him by now. No,
1: I'm going to do... I'm going to paint something oh. that's with my level of um, painting expertise. That's and I'm going to get that gold paint that Ward has, and I'm going to just... Uh, Theme it like those gold guys on Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Actually, Ooh. the Sovereign. Yeah.
1: I feel like I could probably manage that.
2: <laughs> okay, I just want to see that's fucking cool.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the thing about the the, steal my idea. the uh, Sigmarines too is you like if you do have a nice base for them and then paint them gold, they actually look pretty solid. No. well,
4: and, and actually, really, gold is the yeah. is the normal color for the biggest line of the,
2: the, the Stormcast. stormcast, stormcast yeah. is like how we all struggle for the names. For the the the, the stormcast. <laughs> well, you keep so all we, these
3: names. because we want we to use sigmarines. Now. We want to use sigmarines.
2: The empire, not yes. empire. Well,
0: and honestly, you can do like the retributor armor spray. Give it the wash of whether or not you want to have the purple in the reekland or the or whatever. Yeah, this kind and of, then just like a quick highlight. You can call it like anyone's painting level should be able to do that.
2: Yeah, and the thing that's nice about it, too, is, like, again, Warhammer, you're like, oh, I gotta paint a unit, and it has ten guys in it? What the hell is this? That's a huge amount of work, and I have to do that ten times like, to get the whole army finished effectively. Um, With this, three models. Like, you can do that like as an arts and crafts kind of project. It's not like a a year-long undertaking to do an army. One of the best ways I've ever heard Warhammer described, which is in direct
0: contrast to this, Warhammer, uh, like 40K, Sigmar is a lifestyle game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's true. Like you, you are investing a, a boatload of time and money and effort into like collecting, painting, playing all the time. The lore, learning the background. Yeah, you're gonna learning what your opponent's it. rules do, like the whole thing. Shadespire, fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all right. Most people could probably sit down. I would say, even if you're a fairly beginner, you could paint your models up within a week. Yep.
3: Yeah. Um, and it's I, relatively straightforward. It's like, oh, your guy has an ax, a big axe. He's probably pretty bashy. Yeah, I should stay away from him. Yeah, learning the rules is, right? is
2: not that crazy. Like you can look at each model and be like, I think I kind of get an idea what they do. Like the corn guys, they don't have a lot of armor, but they got a lot of weapons.
1: Well, you can also see their cards mm-hmm. totally. on the table. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, and you don't have to look through a codex that's got 35 pages. You have five cards.
4: Yeah, and it's right in front of you. You can in check sleeves. it. That's, that's the
1: In sleeves. Critically
2: important. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think, one, I think one interesting point as well is most of the Games Workshop games don't really... Um, they're not really well suited for the tabletop gaming cafe that's sort of um, business model. Like, something yeah. like Warhammer or, or Age of Sigmar, I guess, or 40K, even Blood Bowl to an extent. There's just too many models... Um, In a lot of cases, you're going to take too much time as well, but these much shorter games that you can just, you know, flip through a couple of pages of rules, play a game maybe like an hour total if it's your first time, like that's a lot more conducive to that sort of a setting, which at least locally is
0: really kind of a big deal.
2: Well, and honestly, like when
0: we were, because we game at the tabletop cafe for Blood Bowl, and he's like, so you guys are showing up fairly regularly, should I start stalking Blood Bowl? And our first response was, fuck no. Yeah. There's so much shit out there to stock, like it's a waste of time. But have you seen Shadespire? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah Shadespire totally. is
4: way easier to because see. Because you
0: could have it in a board game cafe because they don't have to be painted. They've also
2: totally put a thought into the the packaging of it. Like you need a very small amount of retail space. For um, now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean each box is relatively compact. Yep. Right? like you can get away with having the entire line for not a not a
3: train. and i think that it's even more uh accessible now too because they just released the rules for it online so you can download the rules for free oh yeah. really to show
4: people yeah. yeah so you don't have to buy the box set so, now if your friend has a box set you buy one gang download the rules you're ready to go yeah yeah 35 dollar investment
2: so really yeah. the only thing you'd be missing is a game board is a game board
4: and and, and, and dice and tokens but, but, but your other friend will have
2: that
3: yeah, or is, okay. lots of third parties are releasing their own versions as well. So you can get um, neoprene mats for the hexes if you want. So you can get custom tokens made. Yeah, Maelstrom
0: uh, Gaming was actually doing I've mats. Both of those. Yeah, but it was actually right? brilliant.
3: Like the whole idea. Like,
2: okay, you want to play a four-player game? The original two people that got interested in it each buy a game right yep. and then they can play with two people it, it's very like a, a multiplying kind of effect mm-hmm. that they've got going on with the game Absolutely, how
1: many can you play maximum Four. four4 four. Four, four.
4: Yeah. Okay. for now yeah for now it might change we don't know but for now it's four did you get the, the dice with it too, Alex? The special dice uh, from
1: No, place? actually. What happened was, <laughs> is that um, Steve went out and bought... I didn't, we
2: didn't need to buy the sleeves. Those were, those were he, unimportant, he was, he and was now con- you're sold.
1: He, yes. He was convinced we needed another set of dice, because uh-huh. of course it would be just too complicated to use one set. And so instead of buying me a nice yeah. set of dice, he actually bought himself his
2: own <laughs> set of I bought a dice.
1: Of course,
4: so. this the, the stormcaster, the nice blue ones, I think, too. The yeah, nice yeah they are. I got the yeah.
2: disgusting
0: brown
1: but ones, but I, I kinda, I like, I like some purple.
4: pink ones though to match yours.
0: No,
2: but the
0: undead on. ones are beautiful yeah, yeah, purple. Yeah, undead yes, ones there's are nice. nice purple. Oh, okay,
2: yeah. okay, the orc are good true. green. That's Stormcast the one downside to this is they have their own proprietary dice with the symbols, which is kind of a little bit. No, no, you just get those made though.
4: No, the dice are all the same, it's just the color. Getting custom, yeah, getting custom dice, getting like custom dice with all six. Oh colors. yes, yes,
2: okay, I get what you're about. Yeah, getting custom dice with all six faces customized is like eight dollars a die kind of territory. So versus like eighty dice. cents a die if you're getting a large quality standard d sixes with like one side custom. Like it is massively expensive to get. Uh,
0: hmm. to get and GW's releasing dice with every fucking release. Like, yeah. there's probably going to be 30-odd yeah. dice within the next year. I've it's got Necromunda
3: dice, get. I've got Shadespire dice, I've, I like dice.
1: It's for that special person Not on snakes. your list that's hard to buy for. Yeah. <laughs> special yeah. Shadespire dice. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Stocking <laughs> stuffers for Christmas. Yeah. There you go. Cool. All right. Moving on. Yeah,
0: I think that's probably it. Um, thanks, Alex, for joining us for Shadespire Talk.
3: Thanks, guys, uh, for hopefully having Hopefully we'll get
0: some me. games in sometime soon.
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: definitely. You know. We can have you as a regular contributing correspondent. For Shadespire.
3: <laughs> for Shadespire. <laughs> You're, uh...
2: Live on location at Games Workshop, West
0: Sympath, playing Shadespire <laughs> it is Alex. Yeah, sounds like your nightmare. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Well, no, well, thank you guys and have fun at the rest of the podcast.
0: <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, we, we do. We always do. <laughs> Especially cuz we're going to get into some deep
2: conversation about the new FAQ from Games Workshop. Yeah. Because it's kind of a... its uh, The internet is on fire about uh, deep striking, is the, the big one. Uh, they, they literally broke the internet, and they didn't have to show the yeah. of their butt. It's true. Uh, yeah. Their site was actually down when they announced the FAQ. There were enough games yeah. like interesting this, that they actually apparently crashed the Warhammer community site, I guess? I, I don't know. It, that seems kind of... I'm hoping it's a coincidence that it wasn't just the FAQ, but... Why?
0: Because if the FAQ and people looking for it will crash the site, that is such a good indicator of how good good the hobby is right now. Because when there's enough people to be like, to crash games, workshops, community, website, I just
2: can't imagine that there are that many people. Like, that's so cool if that is the case. That's a very good point. That's really, really cool. Um, But the general gist of the changes is the initial beta rules from uh, last fall are now um, solidified. So the character targeting rules are are finalized. That you you can basically target. If you have multiple characters that are closest, you can pick which one you want to shoot at. Is effectively the way it works. Uh, you're not limited at shooting at only the closest one. And then the psychic focus rule is also uh, set in stone. So that's the plus one to smite each time it's attempted. Yeah. Um, and also. It do also does not affect Brotherhood of Psychers. Yeah, Brotherhood of Psychers and Brotherhood of Sorcerers. They call it. Yep. Um, so Thousand Sons and Grey
3: Knights and whatnot.
2: Which is cool. Um, I think everybody's pretty much on the same page with that as being generally good.
0: Yeah, I think I think the punchline might be the demon players maybe a bit salty for a lot of these changes. Yeah, because the they seemed yeah. a little bit overlooked. But at the end of the day, you have got so many good options for shit to do. Yeah, and they have their
2: own like uh, psychic tree that has very similar things to smite. Right, so you can take another spell that does something very similar, and yeah,
0: yeah. you don't have to And so it's actually not too bad. Um, the one thing yeah that the only change was just that one piece about um yeah there's the, a lot of sorry, there's two changes in the smite piece, one was the um those Plus two one. being exempt, the other one is you cannot cast it on higher than a eleven. So 12 will not cast.
2: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, so you, you have a basically a maxed out at seven potential casts or whatever. Six. Yes. Six potential casts. And it always does D6 damage in a roll of 10 or more. It's not like that particular uh, level keeps yeah, going up. Yeah, that never changes. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, but then part that got really, really interesting is the uh, beta rules. So the beta rules specifically are around the Deep Strike side of things. And the big change is you cannot Deep Strike on turn one outside of your own deployment zone. So Deep Strike is uh, sort of like the old holdover term from 7th uh, and 8th edition. Um, and 3rd. And 3rd, all the way <laughs> through. But now it's any time you arrive from reserves at the end of a turn, uh, you have to Deep Strike in your own deployment zone. So this has everybody crying that Assault Armies are dead. Oh no, they, they have to not. wait till turn two. Yeah, the there's another portion of that rule that's kind of interesting, too, where you have to have half of your units, as before, on the table, but also half of your power level. So you can't just put shitty chaff units on the table and put everything that's really, really good in reserve and then drop them in. So you cannot have, like, I don't know, let's say three units of Death Company, three units of Sanguinary Guard, um, and then, like, a bunch of Scouts. Like, if that was, that would not be doable anymore. I didn't even think of that, because normally I just skip over the parts that involve power level. Yep. So I was just like, oh, half the are on the table moving on. That's for match play. And match play, you have to go over power level then? No well, it's, no it's still points, but you have to measure you have to like at least uh, track your power level if you're deep striking wow. so half oh. your half your power level has to be deployed on the board at the start of the game Wow yeah, interesting so the original intent of it was pretty straightforward, like half your units, half your army start from the board, but people quickly gamed around that, realizing mm-hmm. well, that's not actually half my army when you t- start talking about offensive output,
3: yeah, it could be four hundred points for the scouts yeah, yeah, and then the heavy hitters will come in and. And that's not half.
2: Strike, yeah. That's
3: not half and half. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Does that affect
2: any of the armies you're currently playing? Nope.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. I, I think I want to just kind of start this by saying one vi- very important piece here. Um, these are still beta rules. So internet, don't explode. Yeah. If you aren't loving it, play some games. Try it out. Yeah. See how it feels. Yeah. And give totally. reasoned feedback to g Because if you're saying like, hey, so I've played... Twelve games, and in those twelve games, uh, this interaction really didn't feel right. Yeah, Tell um, them. maybe try this other thing. Give them that kind of feedback because they're going to listen to that. They're not going to listen to it's broken. Yeah, like just, my army sucks. I'm glad I didn't buy eighth edition. Like right, <laughs> like just you want to be friendly measured. So like for me, I'm a little bit nervous about my Nurgle Nurgle demons army's ability to deal with um, stronger range games now. Because I used to be able to, in turn one, and I was like I was deep striking more than one or two
2: units anyways. Yeah, because the could, cam, command points thing kind of limited that anyways.
0: Yeah, so I was then, so I could actually start tying up or dealing with some of those ranged units a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. I could get some of that chaff up the board a bit quicker Yeah, that I don't really have the option to otherwise. And frankly, I don't really have any shooting. Yeah. The... and I okay, I could take a detachment of Plague Burst Crawlers, although it's only three now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and like, there are ways kind of around that, but if for taking a mono-god army, um, it does feel like it's going to be a bit more of a challenge. But there's two things here. One, I know I'm taking a mono-demon army. It so may like, not be the
2: most competitive thing in the Yeah, yeah it's world not like anyways. I'm taking this
0: because it's like, oh, it's got to be hardcore competitive. Yeah. And then the second piece is that I'm looking at it and I'm not spending those command points on deep striking anymore. They're going to be useful elsewhere. Totally. Right. Yep. And
2: don't you also have more command points now? That was going to be my segue. Actually. We're going to get into that. But I was going to say for my army, um, for my, uh, my mechanic, and one of the things that they've kind of done like implicitly with this is armies that can deploy before the first turn are not affected by this. So my Mechanicum Stratagem, uh, Clandestine Infiltration, oh, makes like my... Oh, like your Raven Guard. Like your Raven Guard makes them suddenly way better. Like, they are incredibly good because you also don't have to worry about turn one Deep Strikers coming in and fucking up your shit. So yeah. you can really place them upfield. Um, I mean, at the same time, it kind of also brings it back a little bit where you're playing Mechanicum. Maybe you do want some Deep Strikers that can play free safety to deal with those particular Stratagems. Um, but I think they kind of, without really adding anything to the game for the Mechanicum have bumped them up in power level. So I kind of like that.
0: Yeah, and Mike, Ward, do you guys have any thoughts on the Deep Strike before I move on?
3: Uh, I don't really plan on doing any Deep Striking with mine. Mine would be the Smite and the Brotherhood of Sorcerers, which yep. I have. <laughs> Excuse I me. Mean, I, I feel pretty good.
4: <laughs> and, yeah, I really don't have any Deep Strike either, so... Primaris Marines, Yay.
0: yeah. Yeah. You know, so one of, just the, work. one of the one of the other main changes. Um, this is interesting
2: because this is not a beta rule. This is a rata. Yeah. So we're done with. We're, yeah. This this means that this is actually in effect. There is no like they're not play testing this. Battalions just give plus five CP instead of plus three.
0: Yep. And um, the brigades give plus twelve instead of plus nine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's that, happening. So. That's a lot of command points. Command that's, points for everybody. My big surprise is that patrols still don't give you any, because they're one of the other formations that has yeah. mandatory troops. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. We were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. Like, the the whole Dark Eldar um, Alliance of Agony, or whatever the hell it's called, where you can take uh, three patrols and get command points, is really kind of useless now. It's not a huge issue. It wasn't really of an issue from like competitive Dark Eldar play before. But plus four CPs for taking three patrols, why the hell wouldn't you take one battalion for plus 5 like the fact that patrols give you nothing is i think an oversight but especially when supreme command detachment still gives you it's only one cp yeah but it's such a good detachment to you're get you're getting every your good. hq spam your lords of war more elites yeah there's a i think even flyers maybe even too the, so there's, the, there's, the flyer there's detachment flyer detachment gives you there. gives you plus 1 uh, but again, you, the flyer attachment is also kind of a weird one because if you have nothing but flyers, you lose the game. There's still no the boots <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. yeah. So there's a downside to the flyer one, so I kind of get that. But I'm just, yeah, I just, I don't understand why patrol doesn't get you like one or two. Yeah, totally. Because you're still taking mandatory troops. Yeah, it's a really open-ended one where your, your minimum is what, one HQ and one trooper or two? Correct. For patrol, one troop. Yeah, so like, there's not a lot of minimums to reach there, and then you can get some of your fun stuff. But to me, it just seems weird to have mandatory troop units and no command points.
3: Yeah, I would have figured it would have been at least one
2: command point that you it's, got the boost for. Especially with the brigade getting twelve extra, because you're going to be com- if you're using patrols, playing against a lot of other armies, you still have very few, and they're getting even more than they used to. To me, that's one of the very few things about the FAQ that had me scratching my head. That, and it's still possible have the only model that's an eligible target be a character that you're not allowed to shoot that is still possible and that pisses me off how so if there's another enemy unit that's engaged in close combat that's closer and the only other thing that you can shoot that's within range is a character you cannot shoot that character
0: also fun fact if there's a unit outside of line of sight but that close is closer than depth. the character you still can't shoot the character
2: yeah so the guy's hiding behind a wall no behind. that's not true uh if it's both visible But you're right, if you have one in close combat that is visible, then yeah, you can't shoot that character. Yeah, that was a piss-off, because in in one of the games that I played against Steve, that was the example, was I had my Contemptor Dreadnought, um, and there there were close-by units that were engaged in melee. The only other model that was within range was one of his characters, and I could not shoot it. I could just... I lost my shooting phase. Yeah. Because of a weird technicality. Still won that game, but anyways, moving on. (laughs) Um, We also... Sorry, we, we... glazed over one more beta rule that we should come back to yeah. it's a huge point um because it kind of compounds a lot of these things is the new battle brothers rule so the battle brothers rule is um all the units in each detachment in your Forge army must have at least one faction keyword in common in addition this keyword cannot be chaos imperium eldari unari or tyranids unless the detachment in, qu- in question is a fortification no more soup No soup for you. Well you can still do soup but it's harder to have absurd soup. Yeah (laughs) inter-detachment soup not intra-detachment soup which is kind of confusing but basically it means you can't take a space marine character in a guard detachment. Yeah. Um, That sort of stuff is dead. They've made some uh, exceptions for that because otherwise certain units wouldn't be playable at all. Stuff like assassins Legion of the Damned assassins. They can go in vanguard detachments. Um yeah, and, and same with, um, uh, why well, can I cannot think of this? The Witch Seekers. What are Sisters they of Silence. Sisters of Silence. Because like, um, they don't have a full list. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really interesting that they've gotten rid of all of the, um, like some of those lists you saw a couple of months ago where it was like eight assassins, uh, what's his name, the Blood Angels character, Mephiston, uh, like an Inquisitor, Gilliman, like stuff like that. That's really not totally doable anymore.
0: You can still have all the things in your army, but it's now three different detachments. Yeah, you
2: have to have an, a full detachment of each faction rather yeah. than just spamming into like a command detachment or something. Okay. Yeah, so that's a beta rule. We sort of came back to that. So those those two pieces, the beta rules, were the battle brothers and the tactical reserves piece. The rest of this is like is is just the way the game is going to be now. I guess what we'll is the a rule of three ones. two now, yeah. right? The rule of yeah. three, which modifies based on the game size, but there is a cap now on. How many copies of the same data sheet you can have inside an army? Yep. Organized events. If you have 1,000 to 2,000 points, you may have a data sheet up to three per army, uh, other than troops and transports. So if you wanted to take an army of nothing but shield captains like people were talking about doing because they're amazing, not a thing anymore. You can take three. So, this kind of fits into, like, the way the Tau had their, like, the actual commander codex. The 0-1 to one commander. Per yep. detachment. So, yep. effectively, that's three a game. Um, yeah, a little less, a uh, little more, I guess, restriction. restriction there as well on the Tau, but...
4: Uh, you know what? The, 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 the one they were spamming, though, was pretty amazing, and I can understand why they put one per detachment, so I don't think it's that. A lot of people complain about it, but you know what? Somebody who bought eight, Cold Star suit suits. Yeah, fuck you. Suck it up. <laughs> yes. suck it up. Yeah. yeah, you you did that on purpose. You got what you deserved. I'm sorry. Well, and the other <laughs>
0: thing, again, because I'm wanting to really preach being reasonable here. That is not mandatory for events. That yeah, yeah, it, it is
2: an so. official rule,
0: but it's an official optional rule. Yeah,
2: the actual wording here is organized events. If you're using match play for an organized event, such as a tournament, we suggest using the table below. So it's up to the TO still. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and and honestly, like, I think really once you're getting to more than three of any one thing,
2: it's starting to get a little bit absurd anyways. Yeah. I mean, everybody, nobody really enjoys spam. I can think of one exception off the top of my head that's a bit of a, going to be a bit of a piss off, White Scars players. For bikes. Because they have no way to get those bikes as troops. Interesting. So White Scars' yeah. biker army, I could actually see having yet another bit of a piss off. Like, I don't know. The White Scars still remain one of the very, very few things in 40k where you actually cannot play the army the way you used to, like effective or otherwise. I mean, you could still take 30 bikes plus a, two command squads full of bikes plus attack bikes.
3: Uh. At that point, I think you're getting high there in points and should be. Should be okay for capping that out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying, and I, I, I agree. But, and because, they, because they're going to be so um, hard, hard done by to get command points, they might have been trying to get two of the shit, what was it, the Vanguard? No, what's the name of the one with the troops? Outriders. Or, sorry. Outriders to get the fast attack yep. uh, command mm-hmm. points. Like, it's a lot harder to do that, and re- you can't take, like, six small units of bikes anymore. Yeah. It, it's going to be, I don't know, to me, it just seems weird that White Scars keep getting left behind. But is this,
3: but is this also like they you have the to be breaks.
2: identical units or data sheet data sheets? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's it's the actual choice. As soon as it doesn't matter if there's three unit three models in one, ten in the other, completely different equipment. It's just you select gotcha. that data sheet. You can include it three times.
3: And that's except troops, except troops and,
2: and transports. transports. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Troops and transports ignore it. Otherwise, my dark would at most ever have six transports. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. So they're they're trying to make it so that. I, I think if I look at all of these kind of changes overall, is they're really trying to get more towards armies that look like armies? Yeah. Yeah, that aren't just the cherry picked unit times 10.
3: Yeah, which I'm okay with. I have no problem with this. Dude. Which I was only planning on three demon princes anyway, so. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> you're <trying laughs> yeah, you're totally fine. And fuck White Scars, anyways. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two players that I know that play White Scars. And John's selling his anyway, so. Oh, there you go. He was selling his even so, before the FAQ. So, fuck you,
2: Aaron. That's yeah. it. Just you, Aaron. Just you. Just Aaron. So, on Just the. Rowdy. We kind of talked about the main points that everybody's really excited about. Um, fuck Aaron? <laughs> sure. Uh, there are a couple other things that they've done that's kind of interesting. Tied to Traders can only be used once per game. So they yep. reduced that. Was that the which one was that? Was that the Chaos Cultists or Pox yep. Bringers? Chaos, Chaos, Chaos Cultists Pox, Pox, Pox Bringers, all that sort of jazz. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the other one that they did is Word of the Phoenix, the uh, Yunari Insanity. Uh, you can only use it once per unit now, per turn. Um, so that's that's cool. So you oh, is that the thing where a unit dies and you get like free phases? Yeah, this was the one that was a psychic power. Um, yeah. You basically can't continue spamming it on the same unit to do, like, the free shooting phase per unit Okay, gotcha, gotcha, So that's that's a welcome change as well. Um, so, yeah, my opinion, all in all, good. Right intention. Right intention. The one thing I had, and we were actually
0: talking about this before we started the podcast as well, um, the one thing that I feel like Games Workshop's really fucking up here is that they're, they could have made most of these changes with better scenarios. Sure, yeah. Right? Like, it's the one thing that Games Workshop seems hesitant to push a little bit harder is that good scenarios comp for you. Yeah. And so they're they're doing fairly systematic changes, which I actually... I, I agree with all of them. You know, even the ones that are maybe going to make my demon life a little bit harder. Like I said, I'm going to get more command points for other shit. So I'll, I'll find a way to work around it. It'll be okay. But uh, it's really... I don't know. I just feel like if they tried to address it more with the scenarios. And a great example for me is you look at it, and so Elvio happened in January. Yeah. And the armies that won that were very different from the ones that won at Epticon. Yeah. Because Inari, of the scenarios. Inari
2: Dark Reapers,
0: Flying Hive Tyrants. And the, and the Nurgle. Yeah. Right, like it was Chaos Soup and Spammed Hive Tyrants that effectively were the the top tiers at, uh, at Epticon, yeah. But it had different fucking scenarios. So the fact that you, if you can approach it that way and have diversity in your events, yeah. sure. One event is going to likely have these particular things doing well, but if the other events are different, it's not like someone's just going to say like, this is the army that I always have. Yeah. And I'm always going to win with this.
2: I've, I've always kind of, I think the way that GW treats troops has always been kind of awkward. Like the whole objective secured thing was great. Um, now it's kind of less important basically everything has objectives secured uh, but the way that they reward you for taking troops should be how you win the game um, not just like I get all these command points and I guess in a roundabout way that's kind of how you win the game because you can do more shit with taking more troops via CPs but like I'd, I'd love to see like uh, these random objectives can only be scored by troops yeah, you like, know? is that so hard? yeah, yeah. Uh, so that everybody's forced to like, oh well, you know two out of the five scenarios i'm gonna have four objectives that i need to score for troops therefore i'm going to need to take 20 tactical marines or or whatever that that looks like that's a really good point and it's a much more reasonable approach than having objectives that could only be taken by fast attack or heavy support like if i'm playing again like a white scars army or raven guard army or whatever i might not have any heavy support so if it's straight up off the bat heavy support are the only ones that can capture an objective it's like well fuck Although
0: I'm not playing this one objective. Although current 40k is actually really cute for that, in that um, if you're playing big guns, no tire, yeah, um, you get precedence goes to the heavy sport choices. Yeah, you also get additional victory points for killing your opponents' heavy sport choices. So if you don't have any heavies, you're not giving those points up. so they do have some of those things kind of built in just for
2: that specific example fair enough there's a mitigating factor I guess but nonetheless I think it's kind of moot I think at the end of the day they're trying to reward you for taking troops and I'm with you on the scenario side of things I don't think it's necessarily you have to write the craziest scenarios or do some sort of like in depth type thing like Malifaux I think you just need to make troops be the only thing that can score certain objectives doesn't have to be all of them but I think that just like oh well, I can't win one game because I took only flying demon princes well shit
0: well, and really, you look at how they've created, it, and it's like if you wanted you could take non battleforged
2: and yeah. not have obsec on everything like, uh, so not for match play but, but, but like or, sorry, thir- you can, you can have non battle there's two different terms there you can yeah. have you'd still have to be Battleforged, but you would have like not all salamanders, yeah, and then they would not have like the the objective secured or whatever right yeah.
0: so you could you could take that but no one's going to do that because yeah. you're so hamstringed in the scenarios. Yeah, you lose all your uh, chapter
2: tactics shit as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you lose everything. Yeah. So all of a sudden the kind of rule mechanic that they set in place to kind of encourage that has just become the norm. Yeah. It's so. how everyone plays the game. Yeah. You know, outside of the few beer and pretzel people that are going to be playing their straight-up open play whatever.
2: Yeah, super no. narrative or whatever you're doing, yeah, for sure. Like,
0: sure, why not? Who cares? Um, but really reass- reassessing that would be clutch.
2: Yeah. Anyways, I, I think it's a, a well-intentioned uh, fact. I think that they're moving in the right direction, and I'm really what this makes me most excited for is the fall chapter approved, uh, where they go back and readdress some other points values and add a few more things and... Uh, should be after Nova, so we'll see the results from that, which will be sort of after the meta settles down. Um, yeah, that The is whole one model the, I really like. That is one of the interesting things, is that when the FAQs continually come out shortly after a major tournament, like, they have those big data input phases, which yeah. they can then use to, you know fuel some of these changes there's a london gt that's coming up this summer too that's a huge event in the uk like there's there's a bunch of things they can actually like go back to and figure out okay this thing is clearly dominating in this particular format maybe it needs to be toned back a little bit so yeah.
0: yeah cool stuff one other thing for me in the faq that's pretty awesome my uh bl- or play drones are actually plague bears now
2: yeah cool because in the keyword it, yeah because there's a plague bearer on the drone and they weren't plague bears before Which is hilarious because certain things didn't apply to them. Certain spells and shit like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's the other thing that's also worth noting. If you play a faction, uh, we aren't going to cover all the individual faction updates. No, hell no. uh, But most of the factions, we got um, individual updates. Except for the ones that very, very recently had them already. One I'm going to say that you're going to enjoy because you play Space Marines. Do you see the Flak Missile update? um specifically the part of it that i remember is that oh there's the the weird little flying our ch- cherub allows you to fire the missile twice so you can do 2d3 mortal wounds to flying uh, creatures yeah so that weird dev dev little flying baby thing in your devastator squad combines with the stratagem which is super weird there's also the faq item that um cyclone missile launchers cannot fire flak missiles yeah so devastator squads with missile launchers are like oh boy look out flyers <laughs> Look out everything! That's a really versatile <laughs> flat unit. Missiles only, yeah, well, yeah. Flak missiles only works for flyers, but your uh, plague drones would not enjoy that. Two squads of missiles. Oh yeah, because it's I, when I think flyer, I think of like planes. Nope. But if you have the fly keyword, keyword fly, so even in terms of just like flying Ooh. banana bikes,
3: totally demon princes. Repulsors. I want, I want to
2: do two d three mortal wounds to flying banana bikes. That's cool. And end up spending uh, command points to reroll the ones because you probably have some way of getting those command points back if you're playing, like, seriously competitive Space Marines with Gilliman. Yeah. And nope. now that you nope. also have... do do it. Yeah. Space do it. are interesting. I might have to paint Missile Launchers. <laughs> I guess I have a couple painted for the Raven Guard. I would just need, like, two more. Yeah, you need to put, put them in a squad. Missile, yeah, you need them in devs specifically.
0: Okay, first off, how amazing is that, that the Missile Launcher is back to being a really useful weapon? In a dev squad.
2: Yeah, and I have a squad of dev uh, missile launchers in my... Uh, uh, Accelerators. No, my Imperial Fists. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. Uh, I'm quite excited for that.
4: He didn't even say your name. Don't look like that.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just realized, too... But I now I need three tactical squads, or scouts, for that <laughs> army. I have all those, like, Mark IV missile launchers from the Calf sets. So oh, uh-huh. I actually have pretty cool-looking... Uh, yep. ...devastators. Like I did. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, we're coming for you. I've even got the underslung... Forge rolls like the the hit mounted rather than like the higher up. Now, if well, mounted, only I could deep
0: strike and turn one to fuck them up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Anyways, we should uh, move on. We'll play some games, see how the fact goes. Um, I'm kind of. I think it'll be good.
0: It's gonna be fun. Don't overreact. If you're feeling butthurt about it, someone else is probably feeling more butthurt about it. And just relax. Oh, on the
2: internet, guaranteed.
0: So, just play the games, have some fun. And if you don't like the beta rules, don't use them. Yeah.
2: Who knows? Or and write feedback.
4: Yeah, that's the um, biggest thing. If you don't like something, don't don't be an idiot. Just talk reasonable about it.
2: Yes, like, if you treat it as me. if you treat it as like a bug report or something else where it's structured, you give feedback. You say what armies you played, how many games, what point size. The better data you're giving them, the more likely they are to listen to yeah, it. Yeah, totally. So be reasonable. Give give them some thorough data, and uh, yeah, you can help shape the future of your game. Wow, that was really inspiring. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for.
0: Okay, so now I think uh, four of us are just going to go take a break for the next 20 minutes while Steve's going to talk about Dark Eldar. Well, you guys hear some heavy
2: breathing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, Mike and I played a game. Yep. Um, we didn't get through the full game. Uh, but we got to play the Dark Eldar versus your Primaris. I We did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Exciting moments. Some also,
4: shocking I'll, moments for other people.
2: Also, for me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll sort of cover, like, some of my takeaways from the Dark Elder Codex because I don't want to do a full review or anything like that. Um, the big thing that I want to stress is the variety. That I don't think there's an army that has more variety that you can play in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and also fits the fluff. I don't think they've ever got anything so tremendously correct with a Codex, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you get that Warband feel a lot more than... it's Because it's not like a Space Marine army where it's going to be one chapter or another. Yep you definitely get that warband feel with your multiple detachments, with your different... Because you, there's a thing where you can get like multiple warlord traits. So you've got the obsessions, which, yeah. um, first of all, each Cabal and Witch Cult and Homunculus Coven each have an obsession. However, if you mix... They all have the same keyword, Dracari, so you can mix them all in the same detachment, no problem, even with the match play rules that Bieber just talked about. That's okay. However, if you mix a Homunculus Coven's model in with a... Uh, cabal model, they both lose their obsessions. So basically your covens and your
3: witch cults and your cabals have to be separate detachments. Um, so in, if you, In order to keep the obsessions. In order to keep the obsessions. I, I think that you should play the song from the 80s Obsession whenever you set up your army like that. Though. I I will, 100%. Okay, all right. Uh, and what's really interesting is they
2: super reward you for doing that because there's a world or not a war, a trade a stratagem um, that... I'm pretty sure that's Alliance of Agony is the stratagem. If, you, if your warlord is an uh, archon, and you also, your army also includes a succubus and a homunculus, the succubus and homunculus can also have warlord traits. They don't count as your warlord, but they get warlord traits. Hmm. And the reason that that's super cool is every single warlord trait in all three um, obsession tables or whatever is amazing. There's literally not a single bad one. Um, so I'm playing Call to the Red Grief. My Warlord trait for my witches is plus one to your invul, and all succubi have a four-up invul starting, so they just go to a three-up invul, just all the time. I hear those are good. Yeah, which is really solid on a character that's pretty easy to hide and super fast movement eight. And if you're Red Grief, oh, you can uh, uh, advance and charge. Um, so that's cool. Um, you can be just crazy fast. You're disembark from a Raider of three inch, your eight inch move plus your d6 advance. And then your charge, and on turn two with Power from Pain, you can reroll your advance and charge distance. You're basically just like, my character on foot has like a 36 inch threat range. So, does that
0: give your basic witches a five up and vulnerable save then against shooting? <laughs> no, because it's a warlord trait.
3: So, just the, just the warlord? Just system. the warlord? Succubus, yes. Oh, okay.
2: Um, witches are amazing. There's, there's a ton of stuff that they can do. So, like, the witch cults no longer suck, which is great because I own 40 witches. So, I'm happy about that. Um, the cabals are amazing they've got a lot of shooting that you you can like the gunboat style dark eldar list is great um, blasters went up to d6 damage so having the five guys in a venom uh is still really really good venoms are minus one to hit with a five up involve for not a lot of points um so that's a really cool combo the agonizer on your or not agonizer the husk blade on your archon is a really good combo too so all the characters solid uh, homunculus covens might Actually, you know, I can't even say that they're the weakest because, like, taking profits of Flesh, every single one of your uh, Inured to Injury, or whatever it is, uh, I can't remember the name of the exact rule, is plus one to your ball. Every single Homunculus Coven's unit has a five-up pinball. So your Talos's and shit like that have a 4 pinball. Plus the Inured to Suffering six-up, like, feel no pain at the end that all Dark Hildar have. So they're just, like, crazy tough. Um, so there's so much variety. I'm only covering sort of the stuff that I want to play. Um, and then... The trump card of the entire Codex, why everybody's sort of freaking out about the book, is um, Agents of Vect is a new stratagem in the game. It's the first time we've seen a stratagem like this. It's three command points. On a one, it does nothing. On a two to a five, it cancels your opponent's stratagem that they just played and refunds the command points back to them. And they cannot try it again. That particular turn. And on a six, their stratagem does not work and they lose their command points. So if your opponent's army hinges on a particular stratagem, you can just be like, no, I'm a troll. (laughs) It costs you three to do it, but knowing that that's that's coming, it will, well, it'd be like in War Machine if you could play a card or something so that your opponent can't use their feet that time. Jesus. That would dramatically affect the way, like, you're not going to go for that home run swing because you know the other guy, effectively on a two plus, is going to delay it at the very least, if not fuck you over for command points overall totally like Like, I might not even get those points back the number of times that it can you can think of it coming in handy like you talking about your 2d3 mortal wounds stratagem shooting the last unit that I have that's sitting on objective with fly I can just be like nope doesn't work I spiked your missiles before the game (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's really really cool Um, so yeah they just have so much flavor um, and I took a list when me and you played, Mike, yep. that had a, one of everything. The only thing that was repeated was the Transports and the Razorwing Jet Fighters. I had two of Razorwings, yep. uh, which I didn't want to do. I wanted to have my Void Raven in for that game, but, but it But you didn't
4: have a pain, didn't didn't have him, pain yeah. in time. Didn't have
2: a pain in time. I wanted to go for the full, like, experience. Yeah, taking everything. So what did you think of the list? I, I,
4: I, 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 there's nothing I felt that was overpowered, but everything was pretty pretty tough, there wasn't anything I could see it was weak at the same time, which is kind of nice actually it's like, yes, these guys are really good at that, but you can't kill them they're not they're oh yeah not, they're, they're not tough invulnerable. yeah it's <laughs> like okay, I you know what yeah they're really good, I just don't let them
2: touch me i'm okay, <laughs> yeah, dark out El- you don't want dark out touching you just in general that's a, good, um, that's a, that's a piece That's advice a good rule for all forty <laughs> first millennium citizens
4: in general yeah i didn't i didn't really see any weak spots um uh, the only weak spots that happened weren't weak spots were just things that you forgot, I would say.
2: Yeah. Yeah, second game with the list. Yeah.
4: Fair enough. Yeah, That's fair happen. enough. And like I said, it's it's not it's not the, the codex itself. Everything seemed to be on point for what it was supposed to do. If you did it, it worked
2: well. Did you have anything that you particularly like? Because you play Dark Alvar. Is there
4: yeah, anything you I, I did like at? how the Monkey and the um, the subacus were and the talos seemed a lot better now a lot better than I remember yes I I...
2: I played a thousand point game the Thursday before the codex came out and I took three taloses and they got shot off the board by turn two yeah they're absolutely brutal one of the worst units I think in the game because they're huge amount of points they dropped in points by half
4: oh did they really literally in I didn't
2: know that much. not only that they now have weapon options for close combat they don't just have the monstrous cleavers they can take a chain flail now that doubles their attack so each one can have ten attacks that rerolls to wound mm-hmm. holy shit <laughs> strength uh, strength user so strength like seven or something ridiculous um, so they can be like anti-horde like they they just got good if you like taluses and you had a corpse thief claw back in in 8th edition or whatever that formation was yeah. bring three taluses yeah like, that's a solid staple. They were
4: they were hard to kill. I, I put a lot of fire into there.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, real good. That's really kind of cool, because I've probably talked about this a lot before on the podcast, but I'm really reminiscent and, like, very nostalgic towards back in the day when, you know, we'd all play and I'd have my one Dreadnought or yeah. Carnifex, and someone else yeah. would have their one Talos, and someone else <laughs> would have their one Wraithlord, and be, like, the biggest fucking deal in the world to deal yeah, with that like, stuff. Oh, my
2: God, a Wraithlord! Ah!
0: Or, oh, my God, a Talos. And yeah. you'd be, like... Yeah. It was fun and kind of exciting, and I. now it's, like, units of three of them, yeah. which I just have to, like, become okay with, yeah. but now the units of three of them are kind of a thing again. It is totally. pretty cool. Um, and so I'm actually, any time those units that were, like, the big bad of, like, early third ed...
2: You just see three of them, and you're like, oh, that's the same thing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: but I'm happy to see them actually get some table time again.
2: Yeah, totally. Um... I mean, the, every playstyle that people were into with the Dark Eldar, I think, is viable, really. Which is kind of crazy. Like, you want to play a gunboat list? You can do it. You want to play an airwing? Sure. I mean, it's maybe not the best thing in the world, but their planes are good. Um, yeah. So they schools. still have, like, the beast packs and stuff? I haven't heard anything specifically about them they since do. the book dropped. Uh, they do, definitely. The beast packs are good. Um, they're not like they the Razorwing flocks were at the very beginning, and they do have some match play restrictions. So you have to have a beast master take one of each data slate. So if you want to take like uh 3 Razorwing flocks, you need 3 Beastmasters. Okay. So there's more prerequisites to uh, spam the things that you want. Yeah. Um yeah, they're they're okay. They're not they the Beast packs were actually never my thing. I never really liked them or thought they were particularly cool. Um the models never also were my favorite thing. Yeah, it was always something that people because it was like, oh, you can buy like a $30 blister for one model. Yeah, and you need 12 of them Like they were not the most economically viable um, yeah. option I guess Yeah, but it's good to know that they're not realistically going to be as spammed because yeah you're right for me that never really screamed Dark Eldar Like if you wanted to have a weird bird army just play a weird bird like, army yeah what are you doing exactly playing Dark Eldar or <laughs> big weird. blue gorillas or whatever yeah I mean like I said they're good and they're, they're playable they're just not for me and I can't really speak to them uh, one of the things that I will be picking up uh, and I don't know if you have any Mike is the mandrakes
4: no, I actually don't have any of the mandrakes. Holy
2: shit, mandrakes are cool. There's a couple of um, unit choices that uh, are able to be swapped into either the cabals, the witch cults, and the homunculus cubs so, yeah, mandrakes are one of them, and scourges because scourges are the messengers of the society that like fly, go between the flying, all the cabals the and shit. Shell. Yeah, and they don't have any sort of loyalty, um, but mandrakes are are really really cool because they're sort of fill that scout role where they can infiltrate minus one to hit okay. uh, any. Wound roll of a six from their shooting attack does a mortal wound. Like they just are really effective. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be taking some of those. And if you haven't seen those models, are some of the coolest. The Do they still page. have enemy hair and hammer pants? Totally, I yes, love those 100%. models. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Are you not? Are you not on the same page? <laughs> those models are weird. They're well sculpted, but they're weird. You might have to be tortured to death in a monculus dungeon <laughs> if you disagree. I feel like you are going to say that no matter what. True. Correct. <laughs> um, also, one thing from having watched your guys' game. Um, if you're going to deep strike in your um, scourges, your scourges, Mike's army, there's a bit of a takeaway here on a tangent, Mike's army, Primaris marines have tricks that are good. They do. Is and that a do. Primaris stratagem? Or it's a, it's a space marine. It's a yeah, space marine. But the Hellblasters are Primaris.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but just the ability to spend some command points, and when someone deep strikes in near you, shoot them before they do anything...
4: Yeah. No, that was good and it doesn't even take away from your shooting phase when it comes up as well yeah it's minus one to hit
2: yeah uh, well, but really when you're did. shooting five scourges at uh, within six within half range within with, nine inches sorry yeah nine and a half which is half with hell blasters they don't last long <laughs> yeah <laughs> no figure about that part of. Yeah, yeah no
4: only I, totally forgot about that.
2: I totally forgot about that stratagem <laughs> uh, I was kind of banking on the haywire blasters to do damage against vehicles and you didn't have the two plus to just make it not happen well I could have but I didn't want to spend the three command points for that to save five scourges yeah yeah well, it probably wasn't worth it although later on in that game because the redemptor is super tough the redemptor and the repulsor um, oh. like if you don't dedicate serious resources to them they don't go away
4: nope they're there to stay they
0: like well you. the repulsor is tougher than a grand unclean one yeah a great unclean one tough seven um, sorry when I say tougher I mean harder to kill because a uh, grand unclean one is tough seven yep um, and yeah. 18 wounds and you have I more wounds but I have a higher toughness
2: and you've got way better armor. Three-up armor. So small arms fire, it's not going anywhere. Yeah,
0: definitely. you've got to dedicate that big stuff. Whereas the great and clean one, he's pretty he's pretty swingy, right?
2: Yeah. Like... With the five-up, five-up. Yep. Yeah. You can stop a couple of Laz cannons, whereas you, you might not necessarily not be able to do that. The other takeaway from that game is uh, aggressors. You like them. I, lo- I love them. <laughs> they were not the most enjoyable thing to deal with. I'll give you that. <laughs> They get to roll all the dice, <laughs> literally all the dice. Well, I thought my uh, I hit them behind done. the
4: repulsor. You just forgot they were there. I moved the repulsor, and then they just fired. That no, I knew
2: that. they were there. I didn't realize they when they're stationary they get that many shots. I oh, knew yeah. they doubled it. I didn't realize it was that because the frag launchers is what I didn't. Yeah, it's a d6 it six
4: for the each for each one. So two d6 for the uh, frag launchers plus the twelve shots per
2: aggressor for Bolter I just was thinking of the 12 aggressor shots so I moved up my Talos and was like yeah it'll be fine so yeah 12 plus 2d6 per model is a lot of fucking shots especially when a captain and a lieutenant are right beside them oh yeah oh, re-roll all the things uh, well re-roll the, the ones, ones. Yeah. that that gets scary even if you've got models with like 3 up saves 4 up uh, in balls. Six, Up feel no pains, and like seven wounds. I think I had one talus left out of the three. Yeah, with one, one wound wounds, left, with one moon left, which basically kept me in the game because that guy was a hero after that and didn't fail at all. But nonetheless, like Jesus, those aggressors are good.
3: Yeah, I'm glad they, I bought
2: them. I suppose <laughs> they look different. I don't, I don't like the models. They're kind of cool, but the one thing that's kind of interesting about them is they're so tough to set up properly because they have to stay still i to set them upright. i did it perfect you <laughs> did but they're not that tough for like how oh no no they're, they're
4: not impossible to deal with they're just no. like a normal space breed they don't got no involve hmm. they do have two wounds but yeah
2: two wounds tough fourth rip save
4: yeah, yeah by no
2: means unkillable but nonetheless like if you don't deal with them jesus
4: christ <laughs> how big of a squad six six so was it just over 100 shots at them
2: i think Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Like my castellans my don't put out that many shots. Admittedly, there's a little higher strength and better AP, yeah, but yeah. still. Jesus. Man, that'd be sixty plus twelve D6 shots. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's seventy-two. Oh yeah. I thought there were ten shots, but it was, over, I mean, 100, it well, was over 100 shots. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, 72 plus 12 D6. No. Jesus Christ. So it's all strength four. So Yeah, it's yay. it's
4: nothing crazy. There's no no AP on it either. But Dude, we're just we're just going for volume just That like is a six.
0: lot Especially when you're hitting on threes Rerolling ones Like You're not
2: missing with a lot of those shots
4: No I, I think it was 78 or something like that Something
2: <laughs> stupid <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I remember being like My taluses are going to destroy everything in this unit and then I was like Excuse
0: me So just like Because uh, one uh, of the cool things uh. about it Is Mike just had them behind the repulsor which is a massive piece of terrain to hide those models behind. Yeah. Flew it out of the way
2: and yeah. was just like, all right, I have an eighteen inch assault weapon. The thing that's interesting about this edition, this is just more of a general thing, is like you can sort of take a one of everything list and have great games. There's nothing that's super skewy. Like I think each of us could have maybe built a better dark or dark elder list or better Absolutely. space marine list. But you don't have to and you are still gonna have a competitive game. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot of fun. A game was a great game, yeah.
4: especially the look on your face. Okay, I get
2: to roll this many dice. And you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, How? can I see your codex? Yeah. <laughs> it's always a yeah. bad question. <laughs> Somebody's super excited. and They ask that question. row <laughs> It's because they're hoping that you're reading it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm. I have to say, it's the the most fun army I've played yet. Even more fun than my Mechanicum or Knights or anything else. This Dark Eldar are play like they should. And if they continue releasing codexes in the same vein, uh, I think this game is going to be like incredibly good. I'm really excited for my orcs. Oh, if they do orcs, even half the justice they did Dark Eldar, and you know it's going to be more because we're getting we're 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 getting new models. They better. That's all I can say. Like, like be better. We
0: desperately need a few new eat the buggies. If you They don't need the buggies. Yeah, if you, don't, really get a buggy, if you don't get a buggy, there's going to be a goddamn riot. <laughs> and it's going to be a bunch of, like. Isn't the buggies from the 1990s? Of nerds.
2: Yes, the buggies are from Gorkamorka days. Yeah, yeah 1990s. Uh, Except the
0: Gorkamorka ones came with metal bits, and these ones don't. Yeah, the Gorkamorka ones were nicer. <laughs> Ooh, I did not know
4: that. And the trikes, too. You need trikes, too, don't you?
0: Yeah, well, they're. <laughs> They're basically the same just, thing. Just
3: rework Speed Freaks except the bikes, because the bikes are still good.
0: Well, the bikes are good, because they got them in, what, 6th ed? Yeah, yeah. Or end of 5th, you got the new yeah. bikes, you got the, the new Daca trucks, you got the new battle wagon, you got the Daca Jets. The, There's not a lot they have to redo. not
2: did, did the Def Coptas ever get recut from the starter set? No. 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 So you haven't been able to get Def Coptas for several editions?
0: Hilariously enough, you can still buy a Def Coptas, but it is the old school Def Copta from the same generation as the
2: the Gorka Morka one basically and I think if
0: memory serves me correctly they're like 25 to 30
2: they're bucks a each they're a little bit pricey
0: for holy shit balls <laughs> and fine crap so
2: yeah, interesting interesting okay yeah orcs need a little bit of love but maybe that would explain why people periodically kept asking me if I still had Def Coptas from old starter sets because I didn't realize they were discontinued yeah which by the, for the record I got
0: them I got his. Yes. Back off. Stop asking me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think, like, if they keep doing the uh, the stratagems and the, the chapter tactics, whatever you want to call it, uh, like, giving people the way to personalize their particular army, the way they want to play, your orcs are going to be fine.
0: I really, really hope they have some kind of, like, big mech grot-centric stratagems and abilities. Well, I'm sure they abilities. Will. I don't
2: want to, like give you too much false hope but I'm sure they will
0: oh they're, they're, they're gunsta could, could you imagine if grots had the same kind of ability like cultists or that kind of stuff where they can yeah. just keep coming back
2: oh for sure you know that's gonna happen you know that's gonna happen anywho play dark eldar if you want to play a fun army and you like torturing things <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah that's a healthy way to if you're a psychopath yeah. in training yeah we'll enjoy this army if you have no social skills whatsoever play dark eldar
4: yeah
0: <laughs> and I think this is a good time to finish off the episode if you haven't already seen it, um, we haven't really done much of an announcement for it, uh, we have a brand new HobbyNight.ca. Yeah. It's good. It's it, better than before. <laughs> it's really good. It's got a much better interface for listening to our podcast. Um, it's also got a fully functional blog section where we're actually able to have supplementary content. Yeah, it has content now.
2: Yeah, you can see pictures of Mike and I's camp. And gaming articles. We're going to be doing army features. We're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. We're doing it. It's happening. We've
4: already done some.
0: Yeah. So check Check it it out. out. It's a great resource. Um, We will still, we do still have like the Facebook page, we'll still be getting Think content. Same with Instagram and Twitter, but the the good bulk content is going to be on the website. So anything you're seeing anywhere else is probably just going to be little snippets.
2: Yeah, the more long form articles and whatnot will almost exclusively be on hobbynight.ca it gives us a lot more freedom to control things the way we want to present things to you for the best experience so yeah yeah so thank
0: you Steve for setting that up it's really appreciated you're really welcome um, and until next time this has been another episode of Hobbit in Canada I'm Tom I'm Dan I'm Steve I'm Ward and I'm Mike and
2: paint your models play some games have fun and torture small animals no don't actually do that no do not but do that do during, during your game or, or with Dark what <laughs> small animals are in 44 primary. torture primaries really. yes very large animals yeah.
4: Where this is going.